Jacob Alexander's office was immediately behind the welcome desk. They could all see the light was on and the door open. Alerted by the sounds of their arrival, he came out to meet his late night visitors. He was a man of around 60, broad and thick set. With his remaining dark gray hair shaved close to his scalp, he was dressed in a suit with his recently removed tie draped around his neck. He smiled when he saw Watkins. John, good to see you. Even if you've taken me away from a dinner with my wife's book club. Mr. Watkins hurried over and shook his friend's hand. Apologies and all, but we need to get some very interesting rocks out of the boot of my car. Can you rub up for us? Dr. Alexander looked over at the three cousins who were watching the car. Who's this? He asked. I'll explain later, but essentially the rocks belong to each ham loft there, the tall lad. And that's his sister Chloe and cousin Jack. Ah, the Luft clan. Of course, said Alexander. Oh, you know them? Asked Watkins. Well, not exactly. Anyway, please hurry, Jacob, <clears throat> said Watkins. I've got eight rocks, and when I took a Geiger reading just one of them, it gave me a reading of 10,000 clicks per second. The director stared at him. Heavens, are you sure? From just the one rock? I'll get dressed, and he disappeared back in his office. When he reappeared, he was covered from head to toe in a white fabric suit and carried a protected helmet under his arm. He looked as if he was expecting a chemical attack. He came over to the cousins. I feel a bit daft getting all this on, but if what John here says is right about the radiation count from your rocks, it seems a wise precaution. It, Jack, and Chloe looked at their own flimsy clothing and wondered how much radiation they'd absorbed. Chloe hadn't been sick again, but she still looked extremely pale. Disappearing to another room, Alexander emerged with a large, heavy, white container-like oversized box. This is what we use for our radioactive rocks. Now that we've had eight here before, but it should do the trick. It's got a lead shield within thick, high-density polythene. What are your rocks in? Each sounding almost apologetic, told him. Well, we had to make it up as we went along. One is in a lead tube. The other seven are wrapped in a lead apron from a hospital. He thought he'll leave out the word stolen for now. Dr. Alexander noted, put on his helmet and went outside. Watkins popped the boot with his key fob and watched as his friend placed the box on the ground. Took off the lead, then lifted the boot and peered inside. With gloved hands, he picked up the canvas bag and placed it carefully in the lead box. He replaced the cover, tested its weight, and shut the, the boot. Leaning heavily to the right, he carried out through the reception area. He paused to turn on a new set of lights, then culled through the helmet. You can follow me, and disappeared down the corridor. They followed him down a number of corridors, with darkened classrooms on one side and notice boards on the other. It checked out the posters and handwritten A4 sheets, advertising, engineering stock, metallurgy, second year results, and lethal mind trip to Bolivia sign up. They came to a T-junction with labs running across the corridor. They turned left towards labs three, four, and five and followed the lights as Alexander switched them on, going through two labs before arriving at their destination. Alexander called out, wait here, loudly through his protective helmet. The old stood in the doorway and watched as the director stopped by a shed-sized container. It was made of a white painted metal, its walls corrugated, 
with a door tucked, taking up one half of his front. He put the box in a workbench and pushed down on the compression door lock. The door swung open a few centimeters and he pulled it the rest of the way. He picked up the lead box and placed it inside the middle of the three shelves. From where the Cousins and Watkins stood, it appeared that there were only two other boxes inside, one on each shelf. Alexander swung the door shut, then lifted the handle. The heavy locking mechanism echoed through the lab. He turned around and removed his helmet before coming over to them. They're safe, and you were safe, depending on how much radiation you have already been exposed to. He beckoned them through to the adjacent lab. Sit down and tell me everything you know about these rocks that have so spooked my friend here. He smiled at Watkins, who smiled back somewhat nervously. First, I'm calling an ambulance, the teacher said. Alexander noted that set in silence as Watkins gave details on what happened and where they were. The director jumped up. I have a word. He took the phone and explaining who he was, walking out of the lab, pulling the door shut behind him. That doesn't feel good, said Jack. They're on their way, said Watkins. How long, said Chloe. Didn't say I'm afraid. After a few seconds, Alexander strode back and returned Watkins' phone. They understand the situation. I think so. He spread his arms. Begin, and between the four of them, each Jack and Chloe and John Watkins, sitting on stools, told him what they knew and told him fast. In under two minutes, they had finished their story. Right, extraordinary, but you don't need me to tell you that. Jacob Alexander had been pacing around the lab, but now he's stopped in front of the cousins. My hunch is that you'll get sick, I'm afraid. If the seven new rocks are as powerful as the first one and decaying in the same way, the lead apron wouldn't have been effective enough to protect you all. Chloe's sickness is probably caused by radiation. Jack put an arm around her cousin as she started to cry. Alexander continued, We aren't equipped with any decontamination gear, I'm afraid. I can get some scent, but it'll take a few hours. This is way outside what we'll normally be dealing with here, obviously. Each said quietly, I'm so sorry, Chloe. He looked at his sister, who was normally so strong and spirited, but now in the harsh fluorescent glare of the laboratory, looked really scared. Alexander smiled kindly, his tanned face creasing around his eyes. The hospital will sort you out, I'm sure, Chloe. You two will need to be checked as well, and I guess the police will be here shortly once they've put everything together. And your eyebrows itch. Have they just fallen out? Because if so, no, 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 no. That was something else, said itch. It was an accident with some phosphorus a week ago. He looked at his sister, but she wasn't listening. Oh, okay. Now, while we're waiting for the medics, let's see what you have brought us. I include you if I could, but we don't have the suits. I'm afraid you can watch through the glass, though, if you like. And the director disappeared back into the lab where he had stored the rocks moments before. They sat silently, their four stools close together, and watched him. Jack still had arm around Chloe, who was leaning on his shoulder, eyes tightly closed, each sat with his head down, shoulders slumped, suddenly totally exhausted. If he stopped now to thinking about how much trouble he was in, he would paralyze. Soon he would have to deal with his family, the ambulance, and police when they arrived. He would look after his sister too, but she had her cousin at the moment, and right now he wanted to focus on the rocks. Once he knew what they were and what was going to happen to them, he would feel as though he would have done his duty to Kate. 
the note had said not to trust anyone, but that was never going to be practical. At some stage, he had to hand them over to be tested. And then Mr. Watkins thought Westridge and Dr. Alexander were the best option. Then that was okay with him. Jack interrupted his thoughts. I'm just taking Chloe to the toilet, Itch. She's not feeling well again, and she escorted her cousin out of the lab. Itch found himself thinking about his grandfather's golden book of chemistry experiments and its advice to go and find out about things. He wanted what its author would have made of this situation with eight radioactive rocks being tested in one room and an 11-year-old girl sick with radiation poisoning in another. It was the finding out bit that was still driving Itch. He had to know what had stumbled upon. While lost in this vein of thought, he began to be aware of the feeling that of combined dizziness and nausea he had felt in the greenhouse. It brought his thoughts process to a crashing halt. This is it, he realized. I know what's coming. On the one hand, he was surprised it had been okay till now, but this was really the worst time to get sick. The rocks were finally being analyzed. Now was the moment he had to be well and thinking straight. Small beads of sweat appeared on his forehead and he could feel his stomach tightening. There was no doubt what was happening. He turned to his teacher. Sir, he said, I think I'm going to be sick. Watkins looked grim. I'll check on the girls and come and check on you. I'm sorry, Itch. Not much I can do to help, but the ambulance is coming. The paramedics will be here soon. You'll be in good hands. Itch nodded and dashed out, trying to remember where he had seen the signs of the toilets. If he hadn't been bent double with cramps and had instead been peering through the glass door into Dr. Alexander's lab, he would have observed that the director engaged in the most amazing analysis of his life. It wasn't a tricky operation, just to transfer eight stones in an X-ray fluorescent spectrometer, a two-meter-high green metal cabinet-style machine with a large console at the front. The effect was an oversized and rather dull arcade game, operated by a man from outer space. Alexander had put his helmet back on and had taken the rocks out for the first canvas bag and then the protective covers. Once unwrapped, each originally one slid from the lead tube and the other seven were cut out from the lead apron. The sizes varied from that of a large spebble to a medium potato, but all eight were jagged and charcoal black. They were staggering heavy for their size, much heavier than lead. Alexander's pulse kicked up a notch. On close inspection, he noticed smaller pewter colored flecks in most of them. They sparkled as they reflected some of their neon lights. He pulled out his phone and took photographs of each of them. Before placing the rocks in the spectrometer, he pointed his Geiger counter at them, and a volley of clicks rattled through the speaker so fast that it was just a solid wall of sound. In astonishment, he looked at the meter. It was off the scale. John Watkins had told him this would happen, but it was astonishing to see. Adrenaline shot through his body. What were these rocks? With a renewed sense of urgency, he set about transferring them one by one into the spectrometer. He needed to get to work, bombarding the rocks with its x-rays. They will then react by emitting x-rays of their own, and from that machine could determine their makeup. Before he keyed in the final instruction, Alexander turned to look at the glass door between the labs. Each face was pressed against the window. His face was white and shiny with the sweat. Some of his hair plastered his forehead the rest sticking up at crazy angles. He had never felt as bad as this sickness had made him, but had been desperate to return to Alexander. He had been sick the once, 
then forwards his trembling legs back to the labs. He was not going to miss this. Alexander gave him a glove thumbs up, at which Itch raised his thumb to the glass in reply, then turned back to the spectrometer's keyboard and pressed enter. There were no flashes, no bangs, just an instant row of black numbers and letters scrolling across the white screen. Itch watched as Alexander read, then reread the figures. The director stood stock still for a moment, then ran to grab some documents. Frantically, he turned the pages of the largest file until he found what he was looking for. He heard the chart he had filed to the screen, his head moving up and down as he checked the results. At first, Ish started what must have found its way inside Alexander's protective outfit. He had started going and leaping around the lab, his arms whirling like windmills. He ran around the spectrometer four times. Through the glass and the thickness of Alexander's helmet, Ish could definitely hear yelling. He inched open the door. Dr. Alexander, you okay? The director saw Itch, hastily put the rocks away and bound it over. Picking up some of the papers, he pushed Itch back through the door to the next lab, following closely behind. He removed his helmet, his face running with sweat, his eyes wide and staring. He was smiling broadly. Astonishing, truly astonishing. If I hadn't witnessed this with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. Astonishing, never seen the like. It's what I've been hoping for. He was talking at rather than to Itch as he started to pace again. Excuse me, Dr. Alexander, what is it? What are they? What have you been looking for? The director stopped his pacing and turned his face. Itch aimed aloft. It's not uranium. It's, it's, it's not anything we've seen before. It's, 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 it's a new element. Well, an old element, maybe, never seen on Earth since the Big Bang. It's what I've been looking for. But then... Frustrated, Itch interrupted. Sorry, but what, Dr. Alexander? Can you start again? Okay. He took several deep breaths. Unless my machine is on the blink, those rocks are made of substance we have never seen before. The table of elements will put it at 126. Nah, that's impossible, said Itch. It stops at 118. Everyone knows that. And those at the end of only exist in laps. They disappear in seconds. Your machine needs a kicking. Trust me, I've kicked it, said Alexander. Look, come through, you can kick it. They walked back together into the next lab. You clearly know your stuff, Itch. I'm impressed. Your dad did well. Oh, congratulations, by the way, on getting the rocks here. You took what precautions you could, but this is absolutely where they should be. You know my dad? Asked Itch. But they had stopped by the spectrometer and Alexander was pointing at the computer screen. Look at the results. A clear... He indicated the rows of figures. Each element produces its own characteristics, x-rays. And these are absolutely uniquely to what we think 126 will be. Each gazed at the numbers, dumbfounded. It's not possible. Alexander laughed loudly. I know. Isn't it great? Okay, said Itch. Assuming this, he waved at the screen, is correct. What does it mean? What sort of things will these rocks be able to do? Alexander rubbed the stubble on his head vigorously. What a fantastically exciting question. Who knows? Let me give an informed guess. Based on what some elements at the top end of the table can do, help with some forms of cancer, detect oil down a well, or go down a mine, it's all down to the neutrons. They give off. But I think that when this gets out, most attention will be on their ability to start a nuclear reactor. 
Hearing footsteps, they turned and saw Mr. Watkins helping Jack and Chloe back into the lab. He was alarmed to see Itch in the same room as Alexander and the Rocks. Itch, what are you doing? Jacob, are the Rocks safe now? He called. The director thought for a moment and walked back through the door towards a friend. Are they safe? Well, I think so. So as I put them back in their case, the case is back in the can and I've sealed the can. So normally, yes. But I think we might have just said goodbye to the normal.